Rise up, young man. Rise up, young lady. You are not alone. No matter what you're going through, it is going to pass. You're going to come out the other side. Keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for giving us your time. I'm not going to say good morning this time because it's an afternoon here in Austin and we have a, a special guest with us today, Ibukun. Hi, everybody. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's, it's, it's a beautiful day. Now we can say it's a beautiful day, It's right? really a beautiful day. Like because it's warm outside. This is crazy how yesterday it was snowing. Today is hot. Texas. How do we do this? Like, I came home with two jackets. Now <laughs> I don't have any sherry. <laughs> yeah, no, Texas is crazy. Like, the weather, like, there's that saying that's like, if you don't like the weather in Texas, wait two minutes and is it the same it'll thing? change. Is it the same way in Dallas where you are right now? Oh, yes. Dallas is constantly changing. Like, I, I think last Sunday was like 74, and then by the time it was Wednesday, we had thunderstorms. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's constantly. Crazy. Well, it's thank really you wild. so much for giving us your time. No I know you are busy. You came in town from Dallas uh, uh-huh. to Austin and you gave us your time. So thank you for that. No so problem. let's start by you telling us a little bit about like what you're doing right now. I know you. this is your last semester, right? Mm-hmm. And what are you doing right now in your last semester? Um, so I'm aware of many hats. I do a lot, a lot, a lot. But overall, I just kind of like to say I'm a creative because everything that I do is definitely like a creative, has a creative element to it. A hustler. I'm a hustler, yes, <laughs> uh, as as Nigerians usually tend to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I Come am doing... What about us? But how Africans, period, <laughs> tend to be. You know, we hustlers, we get it done. Like, you know what I mean? And what I tell people all the time is like, you can look in every industry mm-hmm. and see like a prominent African just doing the damn thing. It could be medicine, it could be engineer, it could be lawyer, it could be like art. Like, it's yeah. always at least one African like doing the damn thing, which I love about us. Wow, that's what we I'm talking it. about. Yeah, so yeah. Um, this semester, I, I'm a merchandising and consumer sciences major. And so our last semesters, we do an internship as like a merchandiser, a buyer, e-commerce, e-commerce person at like a fashion company. And so I'm working with Fossil Group in Richardson, Texas. And I'm a merchant there. And I just work with like a lot of their products and make sure like stores are stocked, make sure that like products are taken from like ideation all the way to like the customer's hand. So that comes with working with all different departments. So it's just why I like it. You kind of get to talk to the marketing people. You get to talk to like the, the, the designers, the um, product developers, creative directors. You get to talk to everybody basically. Wow. Uh-huh. And I I just like that it's equally it's equally creative as it is analytical, like from like coming up with PowerPoints and analyzing like trends and figuring out what we think like looks best, like design wise. So just like looking at numbers and like creating strategies to making sure like products are actually selling efficiently. Like I love it all. I really think it's amazing. However, <laughs> though I do love it, I'm doing it simply because I need to for my my um degree. Like ideally I would I prefer I'm more of like into marketing and branding and like just storytelling designer 
every the thing is i was once a designer <laughs> like yeah. that, that i was honestly i came into ut undeclared but like when i did declare my major i was first a designer literally yeah. and i loved it yeah. don't get me wrong like i love to like design and create in that sense but i think that i don't like the physical labor that comes with mm -hmm. it you know like yeah. literally in my classes they had us like hand stitching Wow. And I was like, there's no way I'm paying $10,000 <laughs> a year yeah. to come in here and be doing labor like this. Exactly. So, I see what you're saying. So yeah. let's go back to, to, to what made Wakun of today, like mm. growing up. What, how was growing up like, especially in a family? You ha your parents are uh, Nigerian, mm -hmm. right? but you were born here in the, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. What was growing up like, just being able to balance the idea of learning the american culture outside in school versus the nigerian culture i'm sure your parents were trying to instill on you exactly so it's interesting because i was born in america right and so i think like when a lot of africans hear that i was born in america they kind of assume that like i'm just very distant from the culture right but then like when i go to like school and i'm around african americans and they hear my name because you know a name like this there's no hiding <laughs> that you're nigerian they hear my name and they think that i'm distant from their culture so i guess like growing up there was always like this like i always felt like i had to be two people and the thing is, I appreciate both sides. Mm -hmm. Like, I appreciate them because I feel like they both really made me who I am today when it comes to just, like, my creativity, my, where my inspiration is drawn from, mm -hmm. and how dynamic I am as a person. Like, they're just... I, I like being Nigerian-American because I think... I said this, like, example a long time ago, but it's, like, knowing songs, like, lean with it, rock with it, but then also being able to bump when you hear Davido and, like, mm. Burna Boy, like, just these... Mm. It's like you're a walking oxymoron, and so I love it a lot. But, um, yeah, so growing up, my household was strict. Like, <laughs> I had, like, Nigerian parents. Like, I was on the road to becoming a doctor, mm -hmm. and not by choice because it was my birthright, apparently. <laughs> like, I, I was on the road to becoming a doctor. What did your parents do? It's interesting. So my mom is a nurse, mm -hmm. and my dad is a computer engineer, but, like, he, has, he owns his own company, so he's mm -hmm. an entrepreneur as well. So yeah. he just fixes computers full-time. And so, um, you know, Nigerian parents, and I think initially I was really angry at my parents for, like, always pushing this, like, you got to be a doctor on me. Mm -hmm. But I understood that, like, coming from where they came from, they just, they, they came from, like, you know, like, so much stress and trauma and things not, like, always working that they wanted to make sure that whatever I did, it was solid. And in there, like, where they come from, it's only three things that's solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? You either a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. And I think they didn't completely understand that, like, coming into America, like, when they say it's the land of opportunity, it's dead ass the land of opportunity. Yes. You know what I yes, mean? Like, there's a lot of things you can do. Yes, man. Many people do not get that. Exactly. Because, yeah. In the United States, I feel like the amazing thing about it is that no matter what you do, no matter where you start, if you get the opportunity, you have the chance to become somebody, right? Exactly. But the thing is, in France, in Italy, like, if you come late, you don't have a time, you don't have time to go back and be a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Some people come in those countries and just have to settle for the next best thing, you know what I mean? This is very true. Very, very true. And so, like... I think being able to grasp where my parents were coming was coming were coming from helped me kind of like not exactly harbor as much anger towards them because like at the end of the day like that was all they knew. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all they knew and I can't I can't be angry at that because that's that's just all they knew, you know what I mean? That's what they grew up in. So like 
initially, I started at a career high school, right? And you're probably like, what the hell is a career high school? Look, a career high school is where, like, your freshman year, you pick a major. They put you into the major. And I was, like, pre-med, so I was studying, like, medical sciences. Wow, in high school. In high school. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, like, I remember, like, this school was a new school in my community. It's a, Like, it's a free school. They give all the kids laptops. Like, it's a school that many people have invested in, right? Wow. And they really don't even, like, they don't charge you to go there. You, like, pay $30. I think that's it. Like, it's just to, it's to support the community. Because I come from, like, my, where I went to school, it wasn't, like, a um a low, I wouldn't say it was, like, we got a video. Do we have to? Are you going to post that? No, no. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, I mean, you can. Just, it's your content. But you, you look good right I now. Because I don't know. This is not my, my normal look, but it's okay. All right, no, no videos. No I mean, don't no, do what you do what you gotta do. I came, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So I went to a career high school, and so at this um high school, I was studying pre medical sciences, and so for the first two years, I took all the classes, the med term, and the thing is that like, you always assume when someone doesn't like something, they're not gonna be good at it. But mm-hmm. I think the issue was that. I was good at it. Like, I was scoring, like, the top of my class. Like, I was getting A's in my classes. Like, I was barely, like, moving a muscle to do well. Mm-hmm. And so because I was doing so well, my parents were like, yes, this is our doctor. Yeah. Like, this is, like, the kid that's going to put us on. Like, yeah. finally, you know what I mean? And they were excited. And so I think what my, my wake-up call came was when – um the last two years you have to do like a little internship at a hospital and so we would go to a hospital every other day and the first year you would jump around from different units right and this is when I was kind of figuring out like because I had accepted that I had to be the doctor you know what I mean my birthright said I was so Mm -hmm. I was like I'm I'm gonna be a doctor but which which doctor like what type of doctor can I stomach I was like, you know what, psychology, like, I'm going to just be a psychiatrist. At least I can, like, be emotional and talk to people about their problems, which I already yeah. do with people I know. And I'm a cancer, and we're very emotional people. So I just thought it worked, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, they didn't have that option, and so I was like, you know what, let me just um try the OR. You know, like, I like things that are just very chaotic and crazy, and I was like, the OR... That sounds kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And I remember this day. This was the day that woke me up. Mm-hmm. I was in the OR standing right by the surgeons. And they were cutting a woman open. And they were taking her kidney out. And just the smell. The smell. Like, I'm telling you to this moment, I, like, cannot forget it. And that was the moment that I was like, I got to get the hell out. For <laughs> I got to get, I got to get the hell out. Like, and from that point on, I was literally like avoiding every single day. I like, feel I, like the smell though is for me. I do, I'm, I want to, I want to be a doctor too. And uh-huh. uh, I did some shadowing. I love the smell. Oh no. Mama, do you say I that guess that's where, throw up? I guess that's where, I guess that's where we no. you separate. Yeah. No. But like, it was just like several things. Like I remember like from like giving patients showers to just, there were just so many things that they had us doing. And I was at such a young age, like I was 16, 17, like meeting people who were on the brink of dying. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And just like being in that sphere at such a young age and feeling like, feeling like I know that, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be a leader, mm-hmm. right? All these doctors are leaders. I know that I want to be a leader, 
but in a different way. Of course. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I like when I when I sat and thought about like future me, I was like, you know what? Future me, she's a creative storyteller. You know what I mean? She's like a bridger of cultures. She's an she's an entrepreneur. But when did you when did you feel that gift as far as creating and stuff like that? When I felt that gift was long ago. And yeah. I think what surprises me most about my parents is that like they put me they used to put me in these different classes like um, website editing, like um, like creative storytelling, wow. like like all these little like random classes. Like my dad was really into computers, so he was buying us like creative computer games from a young age, teaching wow. us how to use paint from like four years old, five years old. Like we were developing stories and things like things like that from a young age. Wow! But it was always seen as like a side hobby. You know what I mean? But it was always something that I liked, mm-hmm. and I noticed that throughout my entire like just like being my i've always been a very creative person but my mediums have changed like one moment it was like fashion the other moment it was like writing the one other moment it was like directing like it's always been just at the end of the day like curating you mm-hmm. know what i mean like yeah, being yeah. creative in some sort expressing yeah, period right and so um yeah so it this started a long time ago it's almost like we kind of just try to avoid it. Yeah, you're always trying to push it. Like, yeah, because, push it. Yeah, because you're always told, oh, you need to be a doctor. Exactly. So everything else was like a hobby. Exactly. So when I got to high school, right, and I was doing this like medicine, I was so miserable, right? And so I needed some sort of um like outlet. And so I was running a blog. Like I was just like doing photo shoots, like just getting random friends, thrifting a bunch of clothes and like going to like random locations and just taking photos of them and creating stories around it. And this was like my like outlet. This was the thing that was just getting, literally it was getting me through high school because wow. I was so miserable. Like I hated it so much. And so um, it just, it started getting a little popular. People at my school started finding out about it and they're like, oh, maybe she's kind of artsy. That's interesting. And I think that, um, it was what well, I guess one of my biggest regrets is the fact that like I'm always looking back thinking like what if I had studied like digital media or something while mm. I was in um, high school because they had that option they okay. had that creative option okay but I never got to and sometimes I wonder like would it have stopped me from like going into high college undeclared for two years you know what mm. I mean like what I had like if I had came Save into UT more time. yeah like even like. I stuff like saving more time but opening my opportunities because if I knew or if I was confident in what I knew I wanted to do early mm-hmm. would I have been able to jump at more opportunities because that was something that like I struggled with throughout college it was not feeling confident enough to go after the things I was capable of wow if you get me wow that makes sense that yeah makes sense. so it seems like that you are 100% entrepreneur like you always you hustle. I, I am an entrepreneur. Like yes, I, do you remember your first entrepreneurial uh, undertaking? Yes, I was probably like nine. Yeah. And I wanted to start a fashion company with my best friend. And so I bought <laughs> candy and was wow. selling it at church. Yeah. Wow. To start this company with her. That wow. was the first time. Crazy, crazy things. Wow. That was a actually that's a good idea. What kind of candy? Yeah, I was like lollipops and things. Like we were just selling them, trying to like raise money for like a huge we was getting like twenty dollars a week. Like I don't know. It would have been taking like years, you know what I mean, to yeah, actually start yeah. a business. But I guess it was just like Hustle. Hustle. The hustle. Like it's always been there. Like I've always been a person, like if I had an idea immediately, let's do it. Why well, where, where did that came from? You feel like many people like Think about entrepreneurship because they seen their dad, like, oh, oh, their mom, right? 
Where, where do you take that? Where did you take that motivation to just go out there and hustle? It's interesting because like my dad is entrepreneur. Should you so you would automatically think like it comes from my dad, yeah. but I actually feel like it comes from my mother. Mm. Like I feel like when it comes to um just being a leader and being strong and being like just a hustler and getting can I cuss? Getting shit done. Yeah. My mom. Like I feel like my mom I like I I dream to emulate her even though like we're we're very strong and powerful in different senses mm-hmm. I think that I was able to take her power and like apply it to where I needed to go for me specifically and I think that's like what has really geared my entrepreneur sense you know what I mean and then just having parents who support it even though they were like be a doctor mm-hmm. they still supported everything else that I wanted to do. When I was doing that business, my mom was like, okay, let's go get you candy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got you owe me though. You're yeah. going to pay me back when you get the money, but let's go get you candy. Let's go get, you know what I mean? Definitely. So it's just like that support from both of my parents throughout my journey, even though they weren't completely like in agreement. Definitely. The support went a long way. Definitely. Now as you're growing uh, and mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to build your career, right? Yes, you have multiple internships and stuff like that, but what does entrepreneurship mean to you by itself? I think, now entrepreneurship means so many things right because i the entrepreneurship i experience i feel like is a little bit different simply because one i'm a woman Mm -hmm. and two uh, not only am i a woman but i'm a black woman so double whammy you know what i mean and so it's it's an interesting world to navigate you know, because when I first got into uh, entrepreneurship, it was because of UT. I was running a business. I don't even know how I randomly heard about LEA, yeah. but I randomly got, like, nobody knew I was running a business. I randomly got a card from them, and I went to a meeting, and I was the only black girl in the room. Wow. The only one. And I was thinking, I'm not coming back to this, but I still went back, yeah. right? And so, like, initially, entrepreneurship was a very, it was a, like a sphere that gave me anxiety, because I felt like I didn't have something important to say, especially because I wasn't in the tech, mm. you know, and that sometimes seems to be like the leader of like entrepreneurship in Austin. I wasn't into tech. On top of that, I wasn't white. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a male. So I felt like my voice in entrepreneurship never mattered. And I think that as I've gotten older and grown into entrepreneurship, yeah. I think that entrepreneurship is more than like literally creating a business. It's like being able to develop an idea mm. and and use it to affect others. You know what I mean? Being able to take an idea from ideation to like to like, you know, in its in its real sense. You get what I mean? In a way that it's impacting others. Yeah. And I also think that that's something that kind of discourages people of color from mm, from doing entrepreneurship because a lot of them like because they don't see a lot of people that look like them doing it, they don't realize that that it's an option for them to do. Mm-hmm. If you get it's like first you need to you need to see that like there is space for you in like certain communities. Right. And yeah. certain spaces to definitely, even feel definitely. like, yeah, you belong there. How hard was it to overcome the, the, the intimidation when you started? As you said, when you came in the first those first meeting, you were the only one. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Right. So yeah. Sometimes schools like organization fight to bring people that are not represented in the organization. Right. But the only the thing is you have to start with one person. Mm-hmm. And many times it's so hard for that one person to represent and get more people in, right? So how did you find that uh, motivation to stay? Because I met you in the entrepreneurship world and you yeah. seem like no know, <laughs> know your way around. So Yeah. So I'm the type of person where like 
it it'll take a lot to scare me you yeah. know what i mean it really I, takes a lot I to push me that, out yeah. like you can intimidate me but that don't mean i'm gonna run and i'm i'm very much the type of person to like i want to be heard mm-hmm. and i'm gonna make sure that i do everything that i can be to be heard so when I um first started proper like working in entrepreneurship on campus, right? It was with Blackstone. Mm-hmm. And I remember like uh, we were throwing events and like I never really saw a black woman come in like ever. And I, I thought it was weird, you know what I mean? And then even like we're being a black woman and I was at the time I was the only woman I was the only female Blackstone fellow and I was the only like black Mm -hmm. Blackstone fellow. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and I'm so happy that now it's just so much diverse and y'all are doing amazing things. But at the time that's how it was. Right. And so already, like I felt like lots of like microaggressions at times from like other people we would meet with because I was the only one. And I think that like, I was able to combat that by throwing my own event Mm -hmm. and bringing in my people. You know what I mean? Like, because you can't expect people to know that these things are happening if they're not being promoted in their communities. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that. And they assume that because they're not coming in, they don't want to. No, they're not coming in because they don't know it's there. They don't feel welcome. They don't feel welcome. Exactly. And so, like, bringing all like it was about 30 black girls who came in to Blackstone. Talk about that event. You told me about that event. But can you talk more about it? How you how how? how you made it happen how you organized it and what was the goal are you talking more about my black girl link up or are you talking about the event i threw with black star oh you told me those about, are two you told me about the black, black girl, girl link up. up so black girl link up is an event that i threw i've thrown like several times throughout like my time in college so the first time i threw it i don't know why i wanted to but i was just like it's my birthday it was during the summer it was before i even was in austin i was in dallas but i was like my birthday I want to do something that, that like, I'm giving back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I want to give back on my birthday. I want to create a haven for the people I love most. And black women is who I love most. Black women are who, like, that's what I do everything for at the end of the day, black yeah. women. And so I just threw a picnic. I posted a little flyer. A bunch of girls came through. It was real fun. But I noticed that, like, a lot of girls who were in Dallas were sad they couldn't come yeah and i was like you know what let me throw one at ut see how this goes the first one had 30 people so i was like okay this one's gonna have 30 people you know i was like the theme is paint and sip you know Mm -hmm. get the wine i I went telling you out of my money i went and bought wine went and bought like paint went and bought like um poster boards for the girls to paint on my cousin let me use his small apartment and like i just had all the girls come through and at first it was 10 girls right then 20 then 30 then 40 then 60 then 70 then 80 by the time we hit like 12 a.m and i was so like i i was so panicked because it was such like when i was only planning to have 30 girls yeah and it was such a small space but all these girls came and a lot of them kept saying i did not know ut had this many black girls wow wow and can you believe we only had 80 girls in the room Mm -hmm. so the fact that with a number like 80 as small as 80 still, you know, that's a large number for like an, an event, but like still in the end, when you think about how many people, 50,000 people go to this school, yeah. the fact that you see 80 people and you say, you didn't even know there was this many, wow. says a lot, right? Wow. And so hearing things like that, hearing people like saying that they found their best friends there, saying that like they, they met people who they're still friends with till this day, like knowing that like my event is where some people are going to say, where did we meet girl? Oh yeah, black girl link up. 
Yeah. It just feels like it, it's just an amazing feeling to know that I'm able to make these connections Definitely. for other people and create these safe spaces for people who look like me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Black Girl Link. I've just been throwing it ever since. They're all geared towards just, like, some type of development, whether it's just, like, partying, whether it's just, like, finding a space to just feel calm and create mood boards. Like, I just, my idea with Black Girl Link is just to be able to create normal, everyday spaces for black women to thrive. Yeah. That's amazing because that's just an idea you developed. Right? Yeah. It's just something came to your mind. You decided to run with it. You put in the work. You develop. So many people come up with ideas like that, but are so concerned with the problems that's going to occur and don't even try them. Yes. That's amazing. And that's one thing that, like, I noticed about myself recently that I didn't realize before is that, like, I've never been the type to have an idea and then feel like I cannot do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I didn't... Before, like, when people would tell me they would have ideas and then, like, months later they still have not acted on them, they still, I could never understand why, right? Because I'm the type where it's like, once I got an idea, boom, I don't even need a plan. Let's try it out. You know what I mean? I'm saying that's always the best way to go. Sometimes you need a plan. But, like, I've always been an activator. Yeah, but sometimes as you go, you start figuring out Yeah, you start figuring, and that's what I wish people would understand is that, like, I promise you, when you, the first time you do something, it's going to be scary and hard, but the more you just start jumping on your ambitions the more you start jumping on your ideas the easier it gets to start okay you know and that's what i learned too because the first time it's not easy and that's what i think people need to understand that like when they start doing it more and more and more it starts becoming second nature definitely. you know definitely that's amazing that's amazing so if, I, wanna, I wanted to ask you this though like so you decided that you didn't want to go to medical school was that in high school or was it here it was in um, high school. Okay, well, so high school, I decided I didn't want to do medicine. So How I did pl- you tell your parents? That's what I want to know. <laughs> this is, okay, so basically what I did was I applied into UT undeclared without telling them. I just, Ooh, I didn't even apply. I didn't pick a major at all because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just didn't apply. I applied undeclared. My parents were, like, confused, like, so what's going on? And I'm mm. like, um, I'm just figuring, out, figuring it out, right? So my freshman year passes, and they're like, so what's going on? I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm still figuring it out. And at the at the um, end of my freshman year was when like um, I had stopped. I stopped running my first business ever. Well, my first business as a teen ever, and I was selling chokers. I had just stopped doing that, and so my advisors were like, "You seem like you're into fashion. You should check out our fashion program. This, that, that, that." And they're like, "Let's just put you in a couple of classes, mm-hmm. beginning sophomore year. Try it out." So beginning of sophomore year, I'm taking these classes and I'm loving them. Like, I'm like, this is where I need to be. Like, I'm being creative in my classes. I'm doing well. I feel like I have, I'm feeling like closer to my purpose again. Yeah. And so I'm like, my parents are asking me like, Ibuku, <laughs> so what do you want to do? <laughs> Just tell us now. We won't get mad. Like, we won't get, it's like, okay, well, um, <clears throat> I was shaking in my boots. (laughs) Like, I was shaking. I was like, I want to study textiles and apparel. Mom said, (laughs) apparel. So you want to go and be making clothes. Can't you learn that off of YouTube? I was like, you know, you kind of right. Can I drop out? Just kidding. No, but like, (laughs) honestly, they were not. Like, my dad was chilling. I was surprised. I thought he was going to be the one that was mad because he wanted a pharmacist so bad, right? But my mom was the one who was a little bit more angry because she just didn't get it. It didn't yeah. make sense to her why somebody would want to go to school. They to see, do. when we t- t- tell them about our ideas and our dreams, like, 
away from what they're thinking. They just think we're wasting time yeah. with kids. Yeah. We don't understand it. They're supposed mm-hmm. to know more than us, even though it's going to be our life. Yeah, but it's just for me, and this is what I've told everybody who like kind of has questioned like, my past, like, why is it that so-and-so, why is it that Tyra could do it? Why is it that McQueen could do it? Why is it that Alexandra Wang and Gucci, why is it that they could all do it, but you don't think I can? Like, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, Nigerians always say, do they have two heads? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we all have the same capabilities. So yeah. why is it that, like, is it was possible for them, but, like, somehow I can't? And that And that's just one thing. Like, I just feel like if it's been done, ain't no reason why I can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It might not come extremely easy, but, like, with practice, why not? But back to the story. Yeah, so I told my mama she wasn't feeling it. Me and her was kind of beefing for a little bit. But eventually she was just like, girl, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? And I think what sold her on the idea was that I was very proactive, right? Mm-hmm. I was finding – I before I was even in my major, I was already finding fashion internships. Mm-hmm. I was already working for company. I got my first internship that semester, actually, right? Wow. My first fashion internship – my first semester of sophomore year then I got another one that summer then got another one after that you know what I mean just constantly creating opportunities for myself and just like opening doors when like doors were closed you know what I mean I think that's like what got my parents believing like you know what I think she got this yeah on your point the fact that they know that people like Jay-Z are billionaires they know that Beyonce I, I make more money than many doctors. Yeah. I'm sure they know that. But if you say, I want to be a singer, they say, why do you want to waste that much time? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and it's like the thing is, I get where they're coming from. Because if I was coming from where they were coming from, maybe I would feel the same way. Yeah. And so I can't expect them to think the way I think if they weren't raised to think that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I completely get it. But also, I won't allow it to divert me from my purpose. And that's one thing that I think people forget. They think that, like, bro, this is my mom. If my mom feel this way, then it must be true. Nah, bro. Sometimes your parents can actually divert you from your destiny. And this doesn't mean your parents are evil or bad people, but this means that you need to, like... They think it's the best for you. Yeah, they're always saying what they think is the best. And that I think people need to understand that the best is a perspective, and it's a different perspective per person. And so when you figure out what the best looks like for you, I promise you your life will go better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, as a kid, it's pretty hard to come up to have that... uh, analyze and then find the best thing but as an adult you may be the best person who who knows like what's best for you exactly this is is the thing like if you think about it no matter when you when you grow up and you have a job that you hate and you are how to call it miserable the only thing that your parents can do to call you say hey i'm sorry just keep going keep making money um, we love you. They cannot help you anything. It's on you to figure out what you're going to do, right? Exactly. So when it's time to decide about your life, who you're going to marry, what kind of job, you need to f- make sure that you make the best decision so whoever, whatever you end up with or whoever you end up with is something that you're going to be happy for the rest of your life because it's going to be your life. Exactly. And I think something that woke me up was my when I um, first started taking the classes, right? There was a class called like um, Clothing the Planet. My professor showed a video of a man who had, um, a, a, he was a lawyer and he had an intern. Mm-hmm. And he was, the man was dying from cancer. Wow. Talking about man has like so much money, cars, has lived life, girls, everything, right? And like the last day of the internship, right? He had his intern come into like the hospital room. And this is a true story. The man, the intern actually runs a very popular brand right now, no longer a lawyer. But he has the intern come in and he's like, you did a good job, but 
you need to leave this industry. And he's like, why? And he was like, because I see you and I see that you don't love this. And here I am, 46, about to die from cancer. And I've had everything, but I still feel empty. You know what I mean? And just yeah. thinking about the idea of dying empty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I you can have saying. so much. You can have so much. The I'm best, not saying that money doesn't bring happiness, so it can it can bring the best sorts. example. The most amazing example I feel like is uh, unfortunately the passing of Kobe Bryant. Right? Mm. No matter you you never know how how short or how long your life is, but if you waste your life living someone else's dream. You're gonna be miserable. This is true. Let me tell you, it's like no matter how short your life is, if you live your dream, I feel like it's gonna be enough. This is true. This is very, very true. And like, I think people need to also remember that, like, when people advise you on what you want to do with your future, understand where they're coming from, right? Because if you're talking to somebody who values money as happiness, right, but you don't. Why are you taking advice with your career? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if you if you are that type of person, then yes, ad, like take that advice. But you have to also remember like where when they're giving this advice, what places are they coming from? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like I, I value money, but I also value, value creativity. And so I'm searching. I'm pursuing it in a way where I can find both. But some yeah. people may value the creativity more and might just be looking for that in a career. But like remember it. What it is that you want? What elements do you want in your career? And find those. And Definitely. go based off the people who understand them. Yeah. One of my mentors told me that there's no rich person who doesn't have a passion behind it, right? Because no matter how much money you have, you need to know how to use that money to do the things you care about. Like money is a secondary reinforcement. It's not a primary one. Like It doesn't satisfy you until you find <coughs> a way to use it. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's amazing. So I want to ask you though, what was your um, toughest, uh, most memorable semester here at UT? What was it like? Mm. I'm gonna be real. My time at UT has been tough. Period. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm trying to think of the toughest because I will say that like I have had a tough time at UT just because like. One, trying to, like, figure out, excuse me, sorry, I have had um, a tough time throughout my time at UT just because, like, you know, being here at college, everything is about what you are trying to do in the future. Mm -hmm. That is your everyday, it's an everyday, like, confrontation that you face, right? Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I didn't know that for two years, you know, and that was a reminder every day that I did not know where I was going was a constant like I feel like it was a down for me. It, mm-hmm. it kept me down for a very long time because it was like you were constantly surrounded every day around people that kind of felt like even if they didn't have it together, they knew what they wanted. Mm. But I didn't. And so that just made it very tough. One, it made it tough for me to keep going because I didn't like I couldn't see the end. Mm. Right. I didn't know what I was moving towards. So like it made it tough for me to just be consistent. It made it tough for me to just continue with my passions because it because I didn't feel like I had people like really supporting Supporting, me. You know what I mean? I felt like I was disappointing my parents. I felt like I wasn't making the right decision. I felt like it didn't make sense. But it was weird because like I felt like no matter what. I could not stomach not doing what I loved. Mm. You know what I mean? And and seeing that I couldn't is what made me realize that it may be hard choosing my passions, but I actually got to keep doing it. Mm. 
because literally like my mental health is deteriorating by not doing it let's talk about more of that like many i i know in our culture we don't talk about mental health we like, don't it, it's <coughs> i just started realizing how how serious mental health is like this is not about being crazy it's really a, a issue a health issue right mm-hmm. and the fact that i feel like that's one of the things that our parent our culture did us a disservice because we see as somebody who's doesn't acknowledge mental as, as somebody who's tough right and stuff like that this is true people always ask me have you ever felt depressed and in my mind it's like no i'm always motivated and stuff like that but yeah there's time i feel like i'm about to go fail there's time yeah. i don't trust in myself you know i wake up and what am i doing today you know what i mean yeah is, how did you remember times where it was hard and how did you overcome Yes, no, like when it comes to mental health, I feel like it was like a large fight within like just throughout college. Like I will say I had like I definitely struggled with mental health before I came to college. But when I think about <clears throat> the struggles, they were different. And mm-hmm. I don't even know how to really explain it because like I definitely enjoyed college more because I found more of my circles here. Mm-hmm. But like still the mental health aspect was just tougher. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like there were so many things within me that like were just contradicting each other. You know what I mean? Like from like my passions to feeling like my culture, which is a part of my being was like conflicting that and that just like causing me to just feel just very confused. Mm. If you get what I mean, like just confused about like just who I was, was I being the right person? You know what I mean? Like, and so honestly the biggest thing with mental health that I would recommend to entrepreneurs, to black people, to people of color is that, Seek therapy. Yeah. Seek therapy. Stop. To stop being. Definitely. Yeah. Stop. It, there's being. nothing weak about it. Exactly. Seek therapy. Seek. Seek yourself. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like your mental health is the core of your being. Like mm-hmm. when that is not straight, no matter how good things around you are going, you will not see it if your mental health is not intact and together. So seek help is my biggest thing. And bring up conversations talk to people relate with people but then always make sure that you're working towards getting better i think the biggest thing is trying to think that you can do it on your own yeah definitely i know i'm 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 a victim of that sometimes and sometimes you think oh even though you are in stress you are struggling just keep going maybe it's just better to get out of all the struggle and go do something else yeah that's gonna make you happy no matter how serious you're gonna fail, maybe mm-hmm. it's just better to know that you deserve to, to, to go fix your mental state, then come back and try. Exactly. If, if it's not too late, yeah. Like, if you need to stop, stop. Yeah. If you need to take a pause, take a pause. Like, don't lose yourself in the process of wanting to chase this thing so much. I promise you, like, if this thing that you're chasing is your destiny, whether you take 10 years off, 40 years off, 60 years off, it will always be there. Like, there's people like Samuel L. Jackson, you know, one of the biggest, richest actors right now who didn't pop off till they were in, like, their 30s or 40s. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it will always be there. But take care of yourself first because you do not want to lose yourself. I promise you. It's not going to be worth it when you're when you have all these riches but you still feel empty, you know? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. Sorry. No, you are amazing. You are an amazing speaker. I wish I we had you. more time. They're trying to kick us out of the studio. I was like, I hear them talking <laughs> out there. Yeah, but thank you so much for giving us no your problem. time. No problem. No problem. And I I'm sure this. we're going to do more of this. Uh, yes, yeah, for before sure. Before we graduate. Yes, a part two. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And you guys, thank you for listening. 
and we'll see you next episode so there you have yeah. it people thank you so much for tuning into the mamba inspire you are not alone podcast we have another great story next episode make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel twitter and instagram for updates look up mamba inspire